Although edited for television, tonight's thriller contains scenes of suspense and violence which may be unsuitable for young viewers. Parental discretion is advised. Stick with the Japanese animation. And welcome to the Otaku Host Club podcast. I am always Amelia, and I am always joined here with Jeff and Dan. Hello. <coughs> Hello. Clear my throat. What is up, guys? Our energy was so high and now it's low. What is happening? Well, I'm I'm reflecting on whether <laughs> I pay people enough compliments. <laughs> you can catch that in our pre-show over in our Patreon, patreon.com slash Otaku Host Club. And you can also get our Chainsaw Man episodes early if you want them early. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Chainsaw has kicked off. Are we excited? I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm excited. I've, I've been contemplating whether I'll have a watch party at my place, but mm. I'm, I'm not sure if uh, have the, the time and energy to host it. Slash, I don't know if there's enough collective interest in the people in the movie. Collective interest? The whole world's watching Chainsaw Man! Just kidding. E- even NPR. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah, I saw an article posted by NPR. <laughs> Dang. About Chainsaw Man. What, what yeah. did they say about Chainsaw Man? Uh, it was just like a general um, entry entry point for people who don't know what it is. Oh, okay. Cute. The writer is a anime Weep. fan or we? Yeah, I'm not <laughs> sure. But it was I. It popped up and I was like, "Damn, NPR is on it." <laughs> That's how you know. That's how you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking of Chainsaw Man, I got us some Chainsaw Man emotes for our Discord channel, and they're so cute. <laughs> okay, I'll have to. Well, I just used the Kaiji one. That's <laughs> <laughs> the only I'm, one you I'm, ever need. I'm glad I gave you yeah. the Kaiji one. I am too. <laughs> I use it on just about every sentence I post. Yeah. I have a um I got us a bunch of um power ones and a bunch of pochita ones and mm. a makimo one. Mm. It's so cute. But does it have her food penis? It doesn't. But yeah. it does have that one's still coming. I'm gonna I think it's a I think <laughs> it's a I, you know, Glock. I don't know guns, but I think it's a Glock. Okay. It sounds fun if you say it, you know, Glock, you know, I'll fucking beat you with my Glock. You know, that sounds fun. <laughs> beat you with my Glock, <laughs> So in this episode, we're going to be talking about girls with guns. Speaking of um, kind of a little subgenre um, exploration exercise um, with a little bit of a licorice recoil review. 
a little sprinkle, mm-hmm. little sprinkle in there. Um, but before that, uh, guys, what have you guys been watching? Oh, here's something I forgot to mention in the pre-show. Oh, I so I, I went to the arcade with Keely last night. Which arcade? I saw Brown one. Can Can Wonderland. Oh, it's like a local art installation putt putt golf place, and it's got. A video game arcade. Oh, cute! Too. Like Monster Golf. Like we have Monster Golf. Mm, yeah, Monster. Well, Can Can is cooler, but I prefer Monster Golf because it's more of a real putt puff putt putt experience. Puff, I feel puff. it can puff puff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, puff puff pass. Puff, puff, pass. Um, no, it's more Monster Golf is more like you're actually playing putt putt golf and it's a challenge to see who's going to be the victor. Can mm. Can Wonderland is like they're all art installation and art pieces, and it's not really like this matter of your putt putt game, it's just weird random chance, or you know, it's like not really a skill based thing. Oh my gosh, speaking of that, one, um, one time, uh, like during covid we went to dc and there was um one of my friend sean's friends uh did a putt-putt installation but it was all um nightmare um on elm street themed oh that's cool yeah it was it was like glow in the dark it was like art installation movie posters it was sick very cool well when when keely and i were at the uh at the spot last night I saw a young woman in a corn shirt. Corn! It made me, it made me think of you. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't compliment her either. Oh, though. my God. Why not? What's going on with me? You said they're new. I, you, could, you could have said they're new. Um, they're but, hey, new I, com- I, compliment, I complimented Keely on her cute haircut. So oh, how cute. about that? There's something. Okay. All right. There's All right. something. That's cute. Hmm. It's like karma. Compliment karma. Yeah, compliment all the people, get compliments right back. Mm-hmm. That's how I live my life. Yeah, I feel like Hannah was the only person that really like doled out compliments to me all the time. Mm. I complimented her a lot too. Mm. I felt like we really, but not around her mom. Uh, <laughs> no, it's a little bit different. <laughs> I'm just busting your boss. Yeah, just busting your boss. Context. Okay, anyway, what have I been watching? Yeah. I've slowly but surely been making my way through Galaxy Express 999 and Urusei Yatsura. So I am I am living in the past. <clears throat> I've, I've got a lot of the past to go before I return to the present day. You haven't seen the first episode of the new, um, the new, uh, what the fuck? U- Urusei Yatsura? Yes. I don't know why. The no, that. and I, I was contemplating whether it's really worth my time to watch 200 episodes of the old one versus just no. watching the new one. Just watch I the don't OVAs. think it's worth it. Personally, I because it's such an episodic show. Yeah. You yeah. could just kind of like sprinkle it in here and there and kind of get the same impression, I think. You know what I mean? It's not like you're watching an epic yeah. Berserk show. Um, that's Takahashi's work, right? <laughs> Listen, uh, is, is Urusei Yatsura a Rumiko Takahashi work? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah okay. I knew that. Yeah, well, that's like all of her. <laughs> that's, like, that's like all of her shows are kind of like that, like Ranma. I don't feel like you need to watch every single episode of Ranma, but you can put it on just to get the vibe. 
Yeah, the first episode of the new Urusei Atsura is basically a clone of the first episode of the original. Okay. It's almost down. Yeah, it's down to like the minute details. It just looks pretty. Mm. It's a lot prettier and updated. Mm. Uh-huh. Is there CG in it that you could notice? Not really. Cool. I think the large ship in the first episode, mm. uh, Lum's ship, is probably CG, but it looks doesn't look like it. Mm. That was one I didn't get a chance to watch this week. I was like, I, mm. I was occupied. Hmm. I'm still gonna watch all 200 episodes of that <laughs> shit. I feel like I'm already, I'm already like 10 episodes in. I'm, I'm already committed. 10 in. No going back. <laughs> I'm committed. I'm five percent of the way through. I know it's because you, you just need to beef up your, uh, your, um, amount, episode count. Uh, yeah, your episode count. <laughs> Are you enjoying Galaxy Express? Uh, or does it sit in your, uh, you know? I well, I'm, I've been kind of curious if this is the first show to have the sort of storytelling tempo that we also see in things like Mushishi and um, oh god, how am I forgetting the name of this thing? Kino's Journey. Oh, I- um, where you have a protagonist that just is kind of wandering, and they encounter different locations, different individuals. And there's not, there's like kind of an overarching story, but there's kind of not. And they just like exist in this larger world and interact with it. And every little vignette is designed to make you go, huh, you know, and kind of stroke your chin and, and strike the, uh, the thinker's pose and be like, huh, really makes you think, huh? Hmm. Yeah. You know, which is a, a kind of story and a kind of anime that I, I love. You know, Mushishi is like my second favorite anime of all time. Kino's Journey ranks super, super high for me. Um, Girls Last Tour, I think, hits this vibe, too. And I, I fucking love it. Just bought it on uh, Blu-ray at Otakon. So I, I I wonder if that traces back to Galaxy Express 999. And I don't have any particular reason to think this it just is the first you know the the oldest anime i have seen that hits that storytelling tempo mm-hmm. and maybe somebody more knowledgeable than me could chime in on the discord and tell me if this is a uh, a correct interpretation or not um mm. so don't don't go saying this as as if it's fact it's it's just my little my own little curiosity mm. and not like yeah, Tezuka production manga, probably in the manga form or an adaptation of one of his works. Maybe, maybe possibility. Yeah, could be. Yeah, I I like the um, the Galaxy Express movie more than the TV show because it's condensed. <laughs> it's a condensed yeah. version. It's just like all plot, you know, and very uh, uh-huh, okay. world building. Yeah. Um, yeah, um, um, I watched the OVA um, Mattel Mattel Legend mm-hmm. for Galaxy Express nine nine nine. I definitely don't understand how the Mattel in Mattel Legend becomes the Mattel in Galaxy Express nine nine nine. They seem like completely different 
worldviews for this character, but the continuity, yeah, the continuity is not consistent at all in all. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I realized that this is true and, and you're kind of, the author is not intending to create a coherent plot line throughout his universe. So yeah, I, I tell myself, yeah, it's okay if Mattel has suddenly changed her entire personality. It's, it's not really about Mattel, the character. It's about how you feel when you watch these TV shows. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Truth. Man, um, what am I watching? I, there's so many seasonal shows. Do I even bother to mention them? I was going to mention them, but I I know we're going to do some seasonal stuff on our Patreon, so I feel like we should save it. Yeah, yeah, outside of the seasonal stuff, um, I've been slowly working through, well, I guess this is still a seasonal show, um, Fudo P.I. or Fudo Pie. Um, Mm. It's a Sentai based on the Sentai, um, I can't think of the name of the Sentai work. Um, it's the uh, Common Rider. Yeah, Common Rider. Uh, interesting. Yeah, so spin off of that. And you know how fantastical and like, gra- just like over the top, those types of things, those types of shows are, Super Sentai shows, like mm-hmm. Power Rangers. So I think it works as an anime um, quite well. Mm. One of these days, I'll actually get into Common uh, Rider at some point. I don't know when that will be. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> um, Space Dandy is what I was thinking of. Oh. Mm. But I haven't watched an episode of Space Dandy in like weeks. So mm. I don't know. Mm. I've been so doing anything, I've been uh, playing Genshin. Oh, you're getting ready for that Genshin Impact anime. Yeah. Mm. And I just got to world level three and adventure rank 36. And it's really hard. It's really hard now. And I don't like it. And I want to go back. (laughs) Mm. Is it hard because your character isn't leveled up enough? Yeah. So like once you ascend your world level, the, the like base level of um, like monsters, like HP is higher. So if mm-hmm. you, um so like on world level two, they max out at like 46. And then uh when you get to a world level uh three, they are like 60. They're like baseline 60 and all of my characters I just ascended. And so like I'm at 60. So <laughs> like trying to fight monsters that are also the same level are it just takes forever. Where before I'd mm-hmm. I'd wipe them out in like three seconds. <laughs> Yeah. Mm. And it's just hard. And, you know, I, I yeah, you, do not want to buy the things. I refuse to buy the things. I've bought stuff from Genshin like three times now, but I have refused to buy. <laughs> yeah, fair. Well, yeah, you just got to commit to the grind. Right? Can you play at your, on your phone? And so does, yeah, does, does your data transfer from one platform to the other? Uh, yeah, I think you can log in. It's like a login. So oh, I think. What are you playing it? What are you playing it on? If not your phone? Uh, my iPad. 
Okay. I, I, mm-hmm. I sit on the couch. I'm a little iPad kid, and I just like sit on the couch and I play on my iPad Genshin, and then I watch anime <laughs> on it too. <laughs> so like, yeah, fair. Well, I'm a little iCat iPad kid in a blank, wrapped up in a blankie, playing playing video games and watching anime. You know, in China, they uh, restrict, uh, you know, under not underage, but like basically kids how much they can play mm. how much they can they're, play yeah they're limited to a certain amount the government controls the amount of what? gaming they can do that's wild genshin wants your money <laughs> that's not- oh they really <laughs> want your money oh, oh my goodness yeah we're headed that way we're, well, well eh, maybe not we'll see. I, don't, I would hate that i gotta grind baby mm-hmm I think you can play it on um, <laughs> on PlayStation and Xbox. They have like a port for console, but they don't have one for Switch. And I'm so upset because if it was one for Switch, it would be on my TV. I'd be playing it on my TV the whole time. Soon, Meta, you'll be able to get it on the Metaverse. <laughs> VR would be awesome. Can you? Oh my God, Genshin VR. <gasps> Then I could. Uh, Mark, Mark Zuckerberg would be overjoyed to hear you say that. Oh, <laughs> oh then you, yeah, you could get like you know merch for your avatar, Genshin merch. Yeah, that's when I would buy stuff. Put it in VR. I'll buy the shit out of stuff. Cause I could be Diana with like a cool costume. Hell yeah. Yeah. See, Mark Zuckerberg is listening to our conversation through our iPhones uh-huh. and being like, I knew this is the right idea. Meta is not a failure. This is going to work. This is what the people want. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, other than Genshin, uh, I watched Gunslinger Girl. Interesting. In I, preparation. I watched, yeah. Wait, are we going to dig into Gunslinger Girls right now? If you want to. So I, I watched this twice when I was in college. Twice? And yeah. Sub and um, then dub? No, oh. I, I just rewatched it. Like, I watched it once and then I rewatched it a couple years later. Mm. Um, and I, I did not like it nearly as much the second time around as I did the first time around. Interesting. I, I clearly remember getting a lot out of it the first time around. And the second time around just felt like it did not hit. Mm. Um but it, it also has that certain kind of uh, for being yeah girls with guns it's not low energy as I remember it but it's got a certain like ambiance mm. or this like slice of daily lifeness to it that yeah. I think is really interesting Does, did Hibane Renme have like a um, an English uh, OP I can't remember no it's an instrumental OP it's instrumental oh I was like um it comes from that era of anime where there's like English OP and it's like that when like um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dido is really popular, you know, music like that. Enya, Dido and Enya. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Tino's OP. Journey. Tino's Journey kind of like that. Uh, and um, the character designs were pretty like Hibane Rene style and I was like, this is yes. sick. I'm enjoying this. This is not what I expected it to be, but... Um, uh, I can see a lot of parallels with Lakers. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So, 
before we even get into that, <clears throat> I do have a little, uh, I wouldn't call it a, a TED Talk, but it's going to be in the vein. <laughs> cool. Well, We're here. So inform yeah. me. Yes. Okay. Do you all want to take a break first? Are you ready to get into it? No, I'm ready. <laughs> okay. My, my, my brain is on E. You got to bring it up to the F. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah. So we, when we were talking about licorice recoil, um, and I've since have tried to change it to say Lecorus because that is how I've heard it pronounced multiple times. How have you guys been pronouncing it? Licorice or Lecorus? I've been pronouncing it licorice. Wait, no, wait. (laughs) (laughs) Lecorice. Licorice. I, I guess I would say in my mind, I say licor- licorice, but mm-hmm. I'm not clear the, I've actually said this out loud to anybody. In the dub, they say licorice. <laughs> licorice. Okay. Licorice. And I was like, no, licorice. that's yeah, not licorice. it. No, that's not it. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm not. I think we had to get that. We got to get that out of the way. We do. Honestly, in my head, I call it Lico Rico. Oh, Lico fair. Rico. Yeah. Fair. Like the cafe. Yeah. Like I just call it Lico Rico. How many freaks out there saying Lycoris? I heard Alex pronounce it that way on her. Hell yeah. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> My man. My man. That was a good one, Alex. Fly that, fly that freak flag high. I love it. <laughs> That's from the the a day, freak to a freak. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, it probably doesn't matter because, uh, you know, it's a Japanese show for the world to uh, interpret it the way they want you know you know just go back and forth whatever you feel like in the moment is right <laughs> <laughs> yes so yeah um licorice recoil came out last season to much fanfare because of uh we'll get into a little, little later but because of the two main characters and their potential love story Ooh, potential hot. love story hot potential their potential companionship that could be yuri Oh yeah, sure. how you look at it. Yeah. Oh, I was thinking about the um the two dudes. Well, them too. The older gentlemen. Perhaps we should be focusing on them more, <laughs> uh, and not the two girls. <laughs> uh, but when it was coming out, or when it was out, that was my first. My, we were talking about Gunslinger Girls, and I was like, "Yo, this is like an updated Gunslinger Girls meets mm-hmm. a Moe show." Hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and then in further thought, I thought, you know, I further thought, I thought, let's let's dig a little deeper. Let's figure out where this whole girls with guns subgenre came from. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's yeah. OK, so let's start with the buddy cop genre um, going back to Akira Kurosawa's 1949 film Stray Dog. Oh, I've we going way a little back. Bit of, we going back in time. Oh, okay. We going real sure. far back. Going black <laughs> and back white. Back to Kurosawa. Okay. <laughs> mhm. So this predates. This is sort of like the proto buddy cop uh, film, if you will. Mm. Yeah. This this came out in the fifties. You're saying forty nine. Yeah, fifty. Nineteen forty nine. Oh, nineteen fifty. Okay. Yeah, and um, so this is like the precursor in the eighties things really solidified with like uh, 48 hours uh, with Eddie Murphy and Nick Nolte 
and Beverly Hill Cops. Mm. Um, so like two big, two big examples. Um, there's also uh, a French Connection, just similar. Uh, there's that uh, what's that um, Clint Eastwood movie with the with the gun Colt Colt Forty Five. Um, mm. Dirty Harry, Dirty Harry. I know what you're thinking, punk. You're thinking, did he fire six shots or only five? Now, to tell you the truth, I forgot myself and all this excitement. But being this is a 44 Magnum, the most powerful handgun in the world, and will blow your head clean off, you've got to ask yourself a question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? But yeah, like, Men and these are a lot of movies. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yes, yeah, in the in the 90s, for sure. I'm trying to bring it to my era. I'm trying to relate. Yeah, no. I mean, Buddy Cop is a huge genre in, in American film, you know, in Hollywood. I I watched, you know, I watched a lot of these movies growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, and without, you know, without anime, I'm pretty, there was a period of my life where I was like, on that that movie buff sort of cinephile train um because mm-hmm. i had to fill my time with with something other than anime so i watched a lot of movies but anyway you know film's a big i always say as a film is second to anime for me um anyway uh so you got the groundwork for girls with guns uh was laid back also in 1985 with police assassins also known as yes madam and if you're familiar with Michelle Yeoh, she's in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, she plays an inspector who uh, is after the stolen microfilm. Um, so Hong Kong, you know, also has a huge movie market with um, Jackie Chan as as another example. I so love she's like, him. yeah, she's great. I love him. So she's she's like the female counterpart, of Jackie, Mm-mm-mm. in a lot of ways. Um. But yeah, uh, so with little research, I found this American TV show called uh, Cagney and Lacey that ran from 81 to 88. Because I was like, there's got to be an American version of this, right? Cagney? Um, Cagney. <laughs> yeah, Cagney and Lacey. Okay. Look it up. Look it up. I've never heard of it. I've never heard that name. <laughs> Is that a name? Cagney. <laughs> Is that a- <laughs> Apparently. Maybe back in the, uh, back in the olden days. Goodness. It was a name. Yeah. And so we come to anime, um, which is the first that I could come up with was Dirty Pair. Mm. Uh, it's considered a trope codifier, which is like the first of its kind, right? Right. Um, so was it, was Dirty Pair uh, a reaction to that Michelle Yeoh movie? It was a reaction or, to... Or is it like, like parallel to that at all? Not that I could find. Um, mm. they're actually, the Dirty Pair are based off of these wrestlers. Uh, and the woman... Uh, oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. And I, th- I feel like um, some of that stuff kind of gets lost. You just think, okay, it's two girls with guns and yada, yada, yada. Like, who, you know, the the... the what inspired is not so much important as to what it did after the fact. You know what I mean? Okay. Okay. Yeah. So the, so dirty pair was based off a light novel series written by Haruka Takachiho 
And it's illustrated by our guy, Yoshikazu Yasuhiko. If you're familiar with Gundam, he is one of the original illustrators, Gundamers. designers. He's the original Gundamer. <laughs> <laughs> Arguably better than Tomino in a lot of respects, I think, for his work. Uh, he doesn't get as much credit as Tomino does. Uh, so Kay and Yuri are the two members of Trouble Consultant Team 234, co-named Lovely Angels. They are called this because they tend to leave a trail of destruction behind them. And I'm sure you can think of a number of shows like that. Mm. Uh, it's going back to, um, I was talking about Space Dandy, right? I think Space Dandy is paying homage to Dirty Perry mm. in a lot of respects. Mm. They're not, uh, they don't work for an organization, but they're, you know, it's like Bebop meets Dirty Pair. Yeah, they're definitely mm. leaving a trail of destruction. Well, when I, when I think of leaving a trail of destruction, what I think of is Vash the Stampede. Hmm. Yeah. For sure. And that, uh, what, that trailer just came out. The new yeah. one, the newest. The E-Boy one. <laughs> yes, we we discussed this in a little bit of detail on the Discord. If people want to get on the Discord and oh, talk about it out. with us, yeah, I didn't I didn't care for the trailer. I feel like the trailer makes it seem like a reasonable show, but I I don't like the character writing in it. It's not a good variation on these characters to me. Mm. So I, I don't think I'm going to watch it. I don't think it's going to be bad enough to hate watch it and like be entertained by how terrible it is. It's like with this in the mean. shell on Netflix. Yeah. 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 It's going to be like a solid show judging from the trailer, but uh, yeah, I don't think it's going to be good enough to watch on its own merits. I feel like it's just setting me up for disappointment. So. Mm. What if it be, what if it like outbeats the original <laughs> Trigun series? If it's well, better what, than what, the original Trigun? Yeah. What if it, what if it yeah. outranks it? Oh, what sad. would you do Dan? Dan? Well, there's a difference between outranking. Well, you, you when you say outranks, Mal. that makes me think oh, of Mal. Mal. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't yeah, pay yeah. I don't pay attention to that stuff, so that <laughs> that doesn't doesn't mean much to me. But okay, if it was fair. actually better than the original, I would be flabbergasted. What if one of our guys, like Giga or Mister Mother's Basement or Mister Super Eye Patch Wolf? did yeah. a video on it and say, oh my God, this is better than the original. Would you watch it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I would watch I would watch it if a famous YouTube commentator claimed it was better than the original. I would watch it to see if that's true or not. Oh, okay. But I'm not I'm not Those trusting. are the terms and conditions. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm and I'm I'm not I'm not trusting you know, I'm not trusting anybody from our Discord about this. If, <laughs> if somebody on the Discord says it's better, I'm just going to go, well, that's just your opinion, dude. And <laughs> leave it at that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I need, I need right. verified expert opinion, you know. So back to Girls with Guns. I wanted to uh, mention Shiro Masamune's work, like Ghost in the Shell. Appleseed, Dominion Tank. Mm-hmm. And they, they, they're not so much buddy cop shows, but it does feature a girl wielding a gun. Ultimately, uh, you know, there's gunplay, gun action. Gunfu. Early, gunfu. <laughs> say that. 
We need Gunfu t-shirt. Another notable mention um, in the 90s was Gunsmith Cats. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, and this is, you know, same thing. They're not cops, but they're bounty hunters instead. And you got Rally and Minnie. Um, They both run this gun shop, like firearm store. Um, Pays homage to like old American TV shows Mm -hmm. and movies. I I love this this show. I wish I wish they'd make more. Right. I think it's a perfect time to bring the show back. But like no, Mm. but no CG or anything. Just like just like keep it keep it the same, but like a little bit different. The cars can be CG. Okay. Can be 3D CG. Yeah. Is that fair? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But like not the <laughs> not the action scenes. Yeah, that's fair. Um, have you watched any any uh, Gunsmith Cats, Dan? Nope. Oh. Maybe maybe in passing at Stephen and Amelia's place, but well, I've never we, sat down and watched it. We got the VHS, so we should we should watch it next time you're in town. I'd watch it. Because it's good. Rally's my favorite. Rally! Ah! You know they're like 19. I know! That's crazy. I feel like though, okay, so we're talking about this genre, but like, I feel like um, there's like two different kinds of girls that wield guns. There's like the the like moe, like younger girls, and then there's like the older, mature Ladies, mm-hmm. yeah, the mature the femme, ones. the femme fatale. Is yeah, one. great segue because in 1990, mm. we get La Femme Nikita. Oh, set, you know, Sensei Action. loves that show <laughs> so much. Oh. I used to watch the the series as well. I, I remember the movie more though, mm. I think, mm. but I get him like kind of get him confused as mm. well. Uh, so this is an action thriller written by Luc Besson. Um, he's also known for uh, Fifth Element. Okay. Movies like that, yeah. Um, big French director. Uh, film stars Anne Palliard. I'm not a French speaker, so I don't know if that's pronounced correctly. <laughs> As a title character, a teen criminal who is convicted and sentenced to life imprisonment for murdering policemen during armed pharmacy robbery. Ooh, Government sick. handlers fake her death and recruit her as a professional assassin. After intense training, she starts to career starts a career as a killer, where she struggles to balance her work with her personal life. Sound familiar? Yeah. So that she shows talent at this and career progresses until a mission goes awry. Were you gonna say? So I feel like the girls with guns genre, like the genre, the actual genre of anime and, and TV, um, the girls are assassins or like bounty hunters, like they're murdering people. Whereas like there are tons of shows that have girls that wield guns, like mm-hmm. um, Angel Beats and Gun Gale Online, Alternative, like um, mm, mm, stuff like that, true. where like the, the show's not revolved around um, around like a uh, organization that isn't government that's like trying to assassinate people but like the girls with guns like actual subgenre that's like the main focus is that they are like semi government and very good at killing people secretively yeah that's a good point to bring up sword art online gun gill is that what it's called yeah the alternative one 
the um, yeah yeah the pink pink suit girl. Yeah, I watched I watched that one. It's good. I, yeah, it's all right. It's sort of it's one of the stronger sort art online ones. Mm-hmm. I have Second a best one. Oh, cool. But yeah, that I, I so when we think of girls with guns, that one never crossed my mind. And mm-hmm. I think it is as you as you say that because the show yeah features many girls with guns, but it's not necessarily like about the girls with guns. It's mm-hmm. just the world that they live in involves many women that have guns. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a subtle, it's a, it's, it's a subtle, guys. it's a subtle difference, but since you point right. that out, it, it's like, Oh, that that's actually a great point. I agree. <laughs> yeah. But like now it's, a, these, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, a lot of the, like, to your point, a lot of the shows, could be uh you know adjacent or whatever to this subgenre yeah. but not defined as girls with guns because because of the small yeah like nuances within the within the genre so that so i was prepared to come into this episode and say the black lagoon is the best girls with guns show but now i'm wondering because black lagoon uh doesn't have the kind of meta organization or like super organization that we're describing does that still qualify it for being a girls with gun show yeah i so i went on tv tropes um i don't know if you're familiar with this tv tropes.org yeah and it's sort of like okay so yeah they they do like a good job of of breaking down genres um mm. and then and it does come up like uh and I think because mm, it like mixes a team and like, I don't know, sort of like seventies, eighties action movies. And it doesn't, the main character is not, would you, would you say that the main character is the spotlight of the show? And by is it more like the group? Yeah. Is it more like, the, yeah, I, I would say that it's about rock and Revy. And the other members of the team are kind of shown in relation to Rock and Revy. Which is, I actually think Black Lagoon is really great character writing. And, and uh, I, so I don't, I don't want to be dismissive of the other two team members who are, you know, totally fleshed out and, and great characters. Um, and the team you know, like there's a lot to be said about the team and the dynamics of the team, but ultimately, I mean, the last you know half of the second season is just about Rock and Revy, and the other two members of the team aren't even there. So, I, I, to me, it seems clear that this is a story of Rock and Revy who are both on this team, so their teammates are get a lot of screen time because they're all part of the same team. They do stuff together all the time, mm-hmm. but it's about Rock and Revy as, as characters. From the outside looking in, because I've only seen a couple episodes of Black Lagoon. To me, it seems like it's like Cowboy Bebop, just with uh, less space. Uh, Yeah. I think that's an interesting um, comparison. I had never thought about it like that. I think that there is an element... Yeah, they they have a, a kind of similar t- 
tonal quality to them at times. Uh, one, because they're both kind of slapstick goofy in certain ways and like cartoonishly goofy in certain ways at certain points, but they also have a, a similar sense of emotional maturity and emotional like like jadedness you know I, I think a lot has been said about cowboy bebop being the show of people that can't let go of the past and they can't move forward in life and they're just stuck in this weird emotional purgatory trying to navigate their adult lives which is true uh, the characters of Black Lagoon do not have the same... They don't have the same emotional problems. Mm. Uh, they're not stuck in an emotional purgatory. They don't have a past that they can't let go of. I mean, they're actively trying to let go of the past and move forward. I mean, a lot of this story is about uh, Rock abandoning his prior life and embracing a new life and finding his role in a new, you know, in a new world, you know, finding a, a new lifestyle um, that, that allows him to, to self-actualize, to, to grow and mature. Um, so it's, it's different emotional problems, but I think there's, there's a certain, there's a certain tinge of emotional alienation that, that is prevalent in both Cowboy Bebop and Black Lagoon that I think can, can make them feel a little similar sometimes. Um, yeah. Yeah. But story-wise it's totally different. Yeah. It's like, well, like plot, how plot about wise, the amount of guns? Because I feel like they'd be shooting off oh. guns in Cowboy Bebop, but also in Black Lagoon too. But like, it's not yeah. about, it's not a, like, it's not about, um, the organization, uh, seeking out people to assassinate. It's more about like the group growing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that part's true, but I think Cowboy Bebop is more like, I don't think a Cowboy Bebop is being a guns show. I mean, they, they do mm -hmm. just as much martial arts as guns. Black Lagoon, there ain't nobody you know, like doing martial arts stuff. I mean, it's just guns, bazookas, and they got all manner of guns, you know, tanks, helicopters, torpedoes, rocket launchers. <laughs> you know, it's, it's all over the board. So if you want guns and explosions, go watch Black Lagoon. Mm. Well, that's the thing, you know, you, you, it's, it's like you come to Black Lagoon for, yeah, hot girls, like just uh mowing people down by the dozens, you know, and, and just, just turning a room into a pile of corpses, but you stay for the really intricate character writing and the, the really nuanced character growth. There's a really, uh, a, a, there's a lot to see, you know, Black Lagoon has a lot to say about human nature and the way that we relate to each other and the way we build healthy relationships with each other. So this is really that's what I think makes it the best girls with gun show is that it's not just a great genre exercise girls with gun show. It is a very well-written story with great character writing. Okay. So, um, another milestone prolific movie that Luke Besson made was Leon, the professional. 
1994. Um, you have the plot, uh-huh. the plot centers around Leon, which is uh, Reno, John Reno, professional hitman who reluctantly takes in a 12 year old Matilda Lando. That's Natalie Portman. After her family is murdered by a corrupt drug enforcement administration agent, uh, played by uh, Oldman, Norman Sansfield. So Leon and Matilda form a unusual relationship as she becomes his protege and learns the hitman trade. Mm-hmm. And I think this is one of the most utilized in anime in terms of like anime copying Hollywood, right? Because you get shows, you get um, TV series and OVAs like Kite. Also, I don't know if you can't pronounce it, Kite. I know, I was going to uh, ask. Kite. I, I don't know. It's like licorice recoil. Oh, I like you know? Kite. Kite sounds <laughs> Kite. cooler instead of like, you see Kite? <laughs> yeah. Kite. Yeah. Um, so, th- so that was a 98 OVA series. Came out here in, in the States as a movie which I rented from Blockbuster at like 11 or 12. I don't know why my parents let me rent it, but it has a, a good amount of uh, sexual um, uh, deviancy. Yeah, well, she's like quite, a prostitute. <laughs> mm. Mm. Not, just, not just sexuality, sexual deviancy. Damn, you deviant. Mm. Um, mm. The, my introduction... My introductions to things are the worst. Uh, My introduction (laughs) to the the Kite series was the Samuel L. Jackson movie that we watched at Oticon that one year. Uh, And I was like, shit, I got to go watch this. Whatever uh, anime this is. I was like, fuck yes. Yeah, that was a wild. I want to say forgettable movie. I loved it. But I don't know. (laughs) We'd have to go. We'd have to like watch it again now. Mm -hmm with some fresh pair of eyes to see if it's actually because I don't hear anyone talking about it. I ever. know just me when I'm like, Hey, remember that one really <laughs> awesome Oticon where we watched that Samuel L. Jackson movie? <laughs> yeah. Cause it was the premiere. Yeah. And it had been in, you know, it had been in production for a long time. Did it? Yeah. And before it came out. See, why doesn't Oticon do shit like this anymore? I love it. I loved it. That was yeah, like they, one of the best Oticons. They've dropped their premiere game with movies and and shows, TV movies, yeah. whatever. That made uh. such an impact on me. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, they uh, this is, is it, have you guys seen Leon the Professional? I have not. I don't think I've ever heard of it. Okay. But I I, when so. you say Natalie Portman as an assassin, I feel like I remember that part of it. You've probably. I wouldn't be surprised if you've seen clips of her, like in her black circular glasses mm. and this like cap um she looks i don't know it's a pretty iconic mm. look for the time um yeah this i feel like this movie i watched it another movie i watched as as growing up and then rewatched it in college and then like fell in love with it but it's very much a fairy tale if that makes sense mm. it's like grounded in reality but it also feels a little implausible like you're gonna teach this little kid to become an assassin yeah which makes for great fodder in anime mm-hmm, series mm-hmm. but i think kite really pays homage to this um mm. it also they also made a mezzo forte and mezzo dsa which came out after that but it's another thing where with assassins uh, female assassins uh, they're both really violent um 
but yeah, uh, I recommend these if you uh, if you want something very similar to Licorice Recoil or mm. yeah. Um, but which leads us to the two thousands. We get things like Noir, mm. two thousand one, and Gunslinger Girls in two thousand three. And so these things get passed on, I think, in in a big way, especially in in Gunslinger Girls. Uh, I think, like this, just mental trauma that they, you know, suffer from, mm-hmm. and re- they're reprogrammed to assassinate people. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like that's an ongoing trope, uh, even not so much in Licorice Recoil, but it's it's still. So, like, hints of that, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Noir, Noir was later followed by two spiritual successors, Mad Lax in 2004, and El Cazador de la Bruja in uh. 2007. Ooh, de la Bruja. I've never watched... I've not, I've not watched that, but I've watched a little bit of Mad Lax. I watched <laughs> the first episode because I was, like, in my Google search, that's what the people said, this one. And I said, I've never heard mm-hmm. of that, so let me check it mm. out. It's got the yeah. the the girl is of the mature kind, which mm-hmm. I think there are not as many of those. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, it's supposed to be like a a trilogy in a way. Mm. Mm. Was fan- three of these. was Phantom uh, Requiem of the Phantom Requiem for the Phantom? Was that on your radar at all for Girls with Guns? No, I re- I remember the uh, cover for it. Is that also a similar? Uh, it kind of reminds me of yeah, Noir. It's the uh, you know, woman that is an an assassin for an organization. She tries to leave the organization as a big to do. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm a big fan of the show Phantom. Granted, I haven't watched it in a while, but I bought it on DVD at Oticon, so I'm gonna come back to it i i loved it loved it loved it the first time i watched it um okay i was thinking about that i got no r on dvd too but i remember at uh at akon our next door neighbor was telling us noir actually isn't very good i was like <laughs> is that true i remember to being all right in college but i haven't <laughs> watched it since college i never finished the series um Ever and I've so when I went so I went to go rewatch the first few episodes, I definitely thought it was better than the first time. Oh around. no! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> the best thing about it to me was the uh, soundtrack, huh? Um, by yeah. um, the same uh, Yuki Kajiura. We talked about her in our last episode, Garden Sinners. Very memorable mm. mm-hmm. music. Uh, kind of sounds like Christmas music sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, I mean the only the only thing I remember about Noir is that the blonde woman is weaker than her friends, and at the end they go into the magic garden and then they're all standing in the garden yelling at each other. <laughs> like I remember feeling like where this 
magic garden appear from? Like, how are they keeping this garden, like, what, hidden away like this? It's weird. Mm. I got a sample of Noir on those new type DVDs Mm. that the samplers. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, you know, back in those days, you had to, A, you know, download a damn thing or spend $30 on one DVD with three episodes. So, uh, couldn't afford it. And my broadband and my uh, dial up was not, was not doing it. Wasn't doing it. Yeah. Um, think about, yeah. You know, I, I haven't thought about the sample DVDs. I never had a sample DVD like that, but it does bring to mind the importance of the first episode of something. Like if you, you know, for a lot of these old shows, it's like you got one shot. You know, we're putting your first episode on the sample DVD. You got one shot to make a good impression on somebody. So your first episode really better be like the best. Yeah, it, it's got to be a, a hook. You know, you can't just let have like some. Uh, you can't just lay the groundwork for something. You got to get people right from the from the cuff. I think that's a little mm-hmm. bit different in the world of streaming where. It's it's much more uh, much more common to to uh, what's the word I'm looking for when you watch everything in a row? Uh, three episode a, rule. Binge. Binge. Yeah, it's a lot more common to binge watch things. So if your first episode is you know kind of a a um, transitive piece or it, like works better in context, at least the groundwork, that's okay because people probably going to watch you know six episodes in a row right now. Yeah, no, that's that's a really good point. And if you, yeah, and especially like with the box sets back then, if you buy the initial box with the first DVD, yeah, it's got the big <laughs> container box. You buy, got to buy all the yeah. other DVDs to put in. Exactly. Yeah. There's now it's just like no commitment. You just kind of like, well, I watched the first episode. I streamed it. Eh. There's an, something else to jump to immediately after that. Yeah. Yeah. Why did they think that was a good idea? <laughs> what? How is that not a good idea? Collect all of them individually and put them in my box that I that yeah. I they must have been the raking money in, on. Yeah, they must have been raking in the money with that shit. Oh, they didn't. Of course, get me they with think that. that's a good idea. They didn't get me with that. Well, they they didn't exactly get me like that, but I both my Ghost in the Shell. Um, dvd box sets are are that way you know i mean Mm. i I bought them they were they were sold as like this is the box set but they are the individual dvds in the individual cases collected in an oversized um box right Mm. my tension top of gurren lagen ones are like that too it says hibane renme Right. I miss I they, miss when they had the uh, like the night. Now you now you buy the whole series and it's like six DVDs in in one jewel case and they they you flip through them and they're layered and stuff, which is fine. But I miss when it was like the nice big box and it's like, damn man, this is cool. This is that real <laughs> shit? It looks like it looks powerful. It creates an, an yeah. atmosphere. It's it's a statement. Know, like you open up that ghost in the shell box, I'm like, oh shit, man! Like, now, if serious. we're talking VHS box set, I get that a lot more. 
Yeah, VHS box set too. Super. We cool. have the mm. Kimagori Orange Road one, and it looks fucking nice on the shelf. It looks like yeah. man, that's expensive. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it almost looks. It looks. It almost suits it better because there's such so much. There's so much more space mm-hmm. to fill up a graphic with. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like four VHS that make that want the com- a complete image. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just like. Right. It's like you know. It's like getting. It's like getting the individual um, uh, copies of Berserk, and then the big boys. You know, the big boys. Yeah. They look nicer. They look. Yeah. They look like you know yeah, something yeah. about something. <laughs> yeah. They look like and you I, read. And you know, I, I buy plenty of these uh, little, you know, the little like convenient box sets. You know, where it's just like, yeah, six DVDs in one jewel case, and flip through them and whatnot, and and I get why. You know, I like that these are cheap and easy and convenient, and I, I get why this is what the market demands and and why they're they're made. Um, but I also wish that they would go back to yeah the big the big fancy boxes, the statements. You know, some of these shows like I don't want to buy Berserk as a convenient you know thirty dollars six DVD thing and one jewel case you know berserk deserves a statement deserves them big boys give it a, give it a nice box set emphasis on box <laughs> <laughs> need a box i feel like japan japan is still much more of a media driven uh, market mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i think they i've seen some of the stuff they release for the gundam franchise and like they just got they just got some really nice boxes. You know, this this Evangelion box that I got mm-hmm. last year, it's probably the nicest thing I've gotten. But they don't that's like once in a blue moon that they come out with something like this. Mm. You know. So um I kind of have a gap in between the early two thousands and current you know, currently now, what's mm-hmm. what's been out in anime. But Mother's Basement does a great video about John Wick and Kung Fu. Licorice Recoil. Oh. And, well, <laughs> yes. I love John Wick. I love him so much. Somebody please get this man a gun. It's weird to think that it came out 2014. Like, I guess I didn't watch it until like 2018, maybe. Hmm. Or maybe even later than that, because it was on streaming. Um, I think I watched it during quarantine, or like a little bit before. Mm-hmm. But, oh my god. If there's one that comes out after this one, I'm watching it in the theaters. Yeah, I saw the last one in theaters. That was, that's the way to go. Yeah. For sure. Um, so I was, looking, I was looking at the director's influences and they definitely were apparently they were influenced by anime so there you go and that's kong, why i love it yeah <laughs> hong kong you know fight um hong kong uh, martial arts movies mm. uh john woo movies um yeah so i think there's a combination of all these different ingredients coming together to get this licorice recoil uh anime um but of course, what also happened in anime <laughs> over the last twenty years? Moe. 
More. <laughs> I do like it. Okay, like, but also, if we could have been having shows like Licorice Recoil, like, can we? I, I would take. I would take that over a Moe show. Hmm. It is so cute. They still look mm. good. But they got girls assassinating people. That's cool as fuck. Alright, Dan. Start us off. What'd you think of Licorice Recoil? Yeah. I felt good meeting my girlfriend, Chisato. Oh, she's your girlfriend? Yeah, disregarding the age difference. But mm. she definitely <laughs> struck me as... Yeah, 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 yeah. She definitely struck me as someone, you know... On, she struck me as someone that if I were to meet her in real life, I would want to date her. <laughs> she's, she's the coolest. Yeah, Isn't she's like she? the yeah the person that you want to spend your time around. Mm-hmm. Um, this this uh, I don't think she's quite a manic pixie dream girl as it were, mm. but she's got a, that similar kind of vibe. It's it's just so uh, she's very ganky. Yeah. What's ganky? Oh my goodness, she's it's a character archetype. <laughs> oh, okay, she's just very yeah. happy all the time, like um. Brightens, yeah. brightens the scene. Mm-hmm. She's yeah. She's usually she's, she's you don't energetic. usually see her like crying or anything. She's usually like there to like pump the mood and and yeah, be energetic. Yeah, isn't isn't that just the kind of person that you want to be around? It is Hell for me because yeah. I I feel like I'm lacking in energy and I'm too like <laughs> uh, too too literal all the time. I need I need these bright sunflower people to live my life. <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed watching Chisato do her thing. Was uh, it on your radar at all? No. Okay. I, it never, it never like popped up in any video or anything. Like you weren't like, no, oh, what's this no weird licorice on thing? Something. No. Like, interesting. Interesting. <laughs> Fascinating. Because <laughs> it was like the, the biggest thing last last season. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, um, my it experience wasn't on my radar at all. So my experience with Rick Licorice Recoil is um, I had no idea that this was even coming out like um, in seasonal videos, like people will talk about it, but like I kind of just like blew past it a little uh, until a couple people in our discord were like, oh, did you see the new episode of Licorice Recoil? Like, it's really cool. It's like one of my tops of the season so far. So I had to check it out. And I was like, damn, this show is so cool like the first episode is a great setup for the series and you know i love a great first episode those are the ones that like hook me um draw me into the to the world and the and the characters and i felt like licorice's first episode was really good and then i went and like checked out what it was about like on mal and i'm just like an original what this is like this is why there wasn't any hype, but there, since that first episode aired, I feel like there has been so much hype for the show, um, and I feel like it's very deserving of that. Do you agree, Dan? Yes. I think... 
I, I did enjoy it the whole way through. Uh, and it was fun, but it, it, it was really stupid. It was like, it was, it was <laughs> abnormally stupid. What? It was preposterously stupid, but it, it didn't fully embrace its own stupidity. And, and so that there were things about it that I, I think could have been better if they leaned more into the stupidity and the absurdity of it. And, and I'm thinking of like, you know, Tenjin Tapagurin Lagan also is like arguably kind of stupid and preposterous, although I actually don't think it is. But I think one could argue that, that it is. But it really leans into this. It's very self-aware. And Licorice Recoil did not strike me as having the kind of self-awareness that I would look for in a show that is just that stupid. Like, like FLCO, like where it's, it's not yeah. logical in many ways. It's like, yeah, let's just be as over top as possible. Yeah. Furikuri, they're aware of this. Yeah. Furikuri also is very self-aware and that, that does a lot to make it as great as it is. I think that, that self-awareness, that kind of self-awareness is important when you're making really stupid, um, really stupid art in general. You know, I mean, I look for that as well in bands that are, you know, like really stupid, you know, if you like, there's a world of difference between doing something shitty and knowing that it's shitty versus doing something shitty and thinking (laughs) that for some reason, this is actually quite good, you know, and and licorice recoil strikes me as the kind of show that would say, Oh, of course, this is a totally reasonable narrative. And you know, everything, all the events, or just yeah, definitely it makes sense, doesn't it? And I'm sitting there like, no, it don't make no sense at all. Like <laughs> this is so dumb. It, it is completely unrealistic. Well, and not not and but I say this not just in the sense of like yes, it is unrealistic that there's an army of little girls running around assassinating people on the street. You know, like that's yes, literally I, the entire genre. That I, is the well, entire I, genre. Yeah, I realize I realize that that's unrealistic. But I'm I'm thinking of like when they plant the guns when our guy um, plants the guns all across Tokyo. And everyone's like, oh, no, the people have access to guns. And I'm like, <laughs> welcome to America, man. Like, welcome to lots of the world. Like, I guess that's shocking well, for the Japanese. But what, it's supposed like, to be pro- a utopia. It's, a, it's not supposed to be Japan and the world as we know it. It's supposed to be a utopic version of those things. And that's why it's so crazy that the guns are there. Yeah, but I, I, I'm just not seeing the logical connection to the. Yeah, I, I realize that this is the exact opposite of of my politics, but in this context, I'm not seeing the logical um, connection between the proliferation of guns and this, like, you know, the society derailing and mass violence in the way that that the show describes. And I, I, I say I feel awkward saying that because I really hate guns and I argue a lot you know, for gun control politically, you know, and, um, but, uh, simultaneous to that, like just, just handing a gun to somebody on the street does not mean they're going to automatically start shooting other people. And that, that, and that's even what happens in the show. Like a guy, a guy takes out a gun and then before you know it, like a, he's, it's like, like they, they, uh, they, 
um, point out they they unearth the uh, they bring the existence of the licorice into public uh, spotlight. They they make everyone aware, and then the random guy what pulls out a gun and points it at the licorice. Like, why would you fucking do that? You know, like your automatic instinct upon learning about the existence of the licorice is to point a gun at them. Like, why wouldn't you just run the fuck away? You know, like you really think you're gonna you. win it. But That's why he would point a gun at them. But she's not going to shoot him. Like, why would he think that she's going to shoot him? Because he doesn't. He's this. If that, like, that's the first time that he's ever, ever even like the thoughts come to his head. He doesn't know who these people are. He doesn't know who this little girl is. And she's apparently been assassinating people. There's like a whole, a whole lot of them. Yeah. Assassinating people. Yeah. I think that there would be a little bit of some mass hysteria happening. I think psychopath does a better job. Of yes. This, like if this were to happen in real life. Yeah. Psychopath is, but this isn't real what life. This, psychopath this is, is what this story is, is mm. trying to impart like thematically, but doesn't have the intelligence to pull it off. Psychopath is, is like, if you actually wanted to explore these topics, uh, you would watch psychopath. If you just want to watch, Chisato avoid bullets and be your new girlfriend, <laughs> then you should watch Licorice Recoil. So it's like trying to strike the balance between these two things, right? Ultimately, like you got the moe and like the the sort of like political intrigue, the um the organization, DA organization. It's kind of like uh it's like um John Wick's organization underground organization also it's it's mind-blowing that there's a male version of the licorice that what like they just literally they just don't interact with that i mean it just doesn't make sense to me that it's like oh it's like the girl scouts and the boy scouts it's like well there's you know if you're a girl you become a licorice if you're a boy you become a whatever it is and and like what you never collaborate never interact with each other you you like never it just doesn't it seems really fucking weird to me like i would expect these organizations to work in concert with each other or even not differentiate themselves based on the sexes so Remind me, remind the audience why they choose women, girls, to be the assassins. Because in other series, it's like they don't, they're orphans or they, these girls are, they had trauma. Oh, these girls are orphans. All of them, right? Yeah, every, everyone's an orphan. Yeah. Okay. Well, they, they choose, they say it's the urban camouflage, that there's nothing more inconspicuous than, you know, high school girls running around. But but they don't they don't just choose girls. They got boys that do this too. So it's it's really just that there's nothing more inconspicuous than high schoolers. Which I don't know the last time you've ever noticed a boot group of high schoolers being obnoxious, but it is very conspicuous. I would argue that high schoolers are conspicuous. I don't know if uh, <laughs> obnoxious was the word. <laughs> I don't think they were obnoxiously assassinating people. No, I, I think they I, were obnoxiously like hanging out in their cafe. No, I, I, well, I agree that the, these characters are not obnoxious, but I also feel like if I walk into 
a public space and I see a gaggle of high schoolers and I, I guess it's true. They're not hanging out in a group either. There's only ever two of them at a time, which is yeah, much more inconspicuous. But if I see a big group of high schoolers, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, for better or for worse, I'm, I'm not judging them, but I'm, I'm projecting my, my, uh, my, my anticipations on them, my expectations on them. I'm like, Oh, great. There's a bunch of high schoolers, you know, there's, they're going to be fucking obnoxious. They're going to be loud and unruly and stupid and shitty and whatever. And then, you know, bam, bam, bam. Yeah. And I, uh, I mean, they should be because it comes with the territory of being in high school, but it's, uh, like, I don't want to be surrounded by high schoolers. You know, if I, I mean, go to them, if I go to the movies and I see a bunch of high schoolers in the movie, I'm like, well, you know, who knows how much of a commotion they're going to cause. Hmm. Have you been around Japanese high schoolers, though? That's the question. Yeah, I guess not. All right. I've been around Baltimorean high schoolers. And fuck them. <laughs> and I would not ever. I would run the other direction. I would call the police. But <laughs> we're not talking about real life here. We're talking about the utopic world of licorice recoil. Uh, I so think you, I'm on the side of the terrorists, to be honest. <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that, Dan. I felt very much the same way. I wanted the terrorists yeah. to win. Is that weird? Yeah, the, no, because the terrorist is like, stop assassinating people at random. You know, like, just, just let people be free. I feel like, yeah, I agree, actually. The, the people should be free. They should not have to live under the yoke of this secret organization of young people that just, like, low-key assassinates people, you know, at, at the drop of a dime. So you sympathize with Majima? Yeah, definitely. I, I definitely sympathize with Majima. I mean, Majima is, is uh, I mean, the corollary to that in Psychopaths would be the uh, the main character girl that also is fighting back against the civil system, mm-hmm. you know, like both Majima and the main character of Psychopaths are fighting back against these larger systems of oppression that, you know, say they're working for the betterment of society by getting rid of criminals. But in reality, they're just stifling people's freedom and cutting people off at the knees before they have a chance to, uh, to grow as, as people, you know, I mean, psychopaths, you know, again, psychopaths makes this much more clear cut that like, it's a lot more obvious how the civil system is oppressing people, uh, and licorice recoil. I, I think it's not nearly as obvious because they don't, they don't really talk about who and why they're assassinating all these people. And the only examples they give are hard criminals, but at the same time, like the opening scene it's just like normal ass people. Like they haven't even done anything that we're aware of. Like this, the the licorice girls just walk up to a guy sitting in a train station and fucking disappear him. And it's like you don't. What did he even do? You know, we don't. Well, I don't know. Something real bad. Something real bad. Yeah, it's easy. It's easy to well, say he did something real bad. But you know, everybody's got a different opinion on what's really bad. Well, yeah, but yeah, that, that motherfucker may have just littered at the train station. Then some licorice girl was like, "Fuck you, buddy! I I stand for the beautification of Tokyo." I don't think people are littering fucking... and getting assassinated. They didn't pay his parking yeah, tickets. But you know, it's they're not far away from that in Singapore right now. <laughs> you can get a fucking super uh, expensive fine for littering in Singapore. 
You can get fired. It's true. Well, anyway, that's a separate topic. I just thought that was fun. He didn't pay his parking tickets. Yeah, you know, that could have been me. I don't pay my parking tickets. <laughs> when the liquor is going to come annihilate me. Hmm. So, uh, Kideo Kojima got the cosign. The show got the cosign by legendary Kojima mm. medal, you know, of, of uh, uh, I can't even say the damn name of the game. Metal Gear. <laughs> I was going to say Metal metal Skin Panic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Uh, but yeah, he, he uh, was going to watch Licorice Pizza, which is like his indie film that came out a year or two ago. That was last year. And um, he stumbled upon this anime instead. <laughs> a huge uh, misstep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he got a, he, there's pictures of him with the with the licorice recoil shirt on and he's like yeah this is great so you know dan if mr uh, kojima is a fan oh yeah who am i to argue you to argue with mr kojima <laughs> i just true. can't believe you don't <laughs> like this show but you like sing a bit of harmony i cannot believe <laughs> that's, it that's that show was things. dumb as fuck though no sing a bit it of was, harmony is, it, is brilliant there was, there was arguably just as much logical error in that show as there is to this one but like that one was okay i would i would say it's okay because sing a bit of harmony is is like i mean it's it's like a propaganda piece practically how is this not a propaganda piece but what is because licorice recoil isn't trying to sell me on anything like what is it propaganda i feel like neither was sing a bit of harmony uh, sing a bit of harmony was trying to propagandize ai to say that ai is you know just just this panacea that's going to make the world uh, you know better and, and licorice no, recoil make the world a better place you threw it's the same you, thing I like propaganda <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah is that propagandizing that oh we should definitely have high schoolers going around working yeah. people in the streets <laughs> I think the wire would have something to say to you about that. ooh now if, if we brought it in the you know the streets of Baltimore and they were selling dope people were selling dope and the, the re, you know licorice were like assassinating the dope dealers yeah, we might be onto something here, <laughs> but no, that yeah, that, I think I think what you have to say, Dan, is I th- I, I agree one in one half of that. Like, it does theologically, it's not like the most sound show, but I think for me, it, it was more just the relationships between Shutsaso and Takina. You know, like they they make the show ultimately. Yeah, definitely, you know? definitely. And just like the the day, the slice of life, uh, going to the going to the um, aquarium and like going hanging out at the cafe and making poopy looking desserts. I know, dude. I want to date Chisano and do that stuff with her. <laughs> so Takina is the fill in, like that's the Ataku fill in. You know the insert no. character. <laughs> I don't no. you know Karumi. I didn't feel Karumi. Okay. Karumi, yeah. Karumi. I didn't feel like Takina was the insert character, but I, I understand you know, Takina uh is a good character and I, I enjoyed watching her emotional arc. Uh I liked watching everybody's I, I liked 
particularly liked Takina and Chisato fighting the um, the two other DA girls that they had beef with. Mm. Um, that whole sequence, uh, the build up, the fight, the uh, the aftermath was was really endearing to me. Um, but I wouldn't want to date Takina. <laughs> hmm. About uh, Fuki with the with the short hair. No, she's like too butch. No, that's not the issue. <laughs> Her and Takina are kind of the same character, though. <laughs> no, Fuki. I, I don't. Well, no, I don't think so because Fuki <laughs> is so by the book. You know, she's so like caught up in rules and and. She's a fucking square, which is so is Takina. Yeah, she I, only I has that one misstep. Mm. Yeah, and Taki- that's because she thought that Fuki wasn't making a decision. You're you're talking about in the beginning when she yeah mows everybody down. Yeah, but she grows. She grows. I mean, Takina grows as a character. By the end, she starts doing things more independently and, and being yeah. a little bit more thinking for herself. Yeah. Um, and I understand Fuki's um, Fuki's anger, you know, Fuki's displeasure with Takina's decisions. And I, I don't even think that she, I don't think Fuki's wrong. Um, but I would struggle to date somebody that's so like so, but yeah, playing by the rules all the time. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really mean to view every character in this show as whether or not you are. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was not thinking. I was only thinking about <laughs> Chisato in that context as I was watching the show. I wasn't thinking about the other characters. I feel like we just stumbled into this line of of, <laughs> of analysis for better or for worse. Well, how did you feel about Mika's relationship um, with? Uh, was Yoshimasu, Shinji Yoshimasu. Yeah, I thought that was really artfully done. They're dating. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Like hard behind the scenes. Yeah. Like Yoshi that bottom. <laughs> yeah, I also really loved how. Uh, oh wait, what was the black guy's name? Mika. Mm-hmm. I really loved how Mika didn't actually have a limp. He was just playing, play acting the limp. Mm-hmm. That made me feel like, dude, I should start play acting the limp. <laughs> it's like, like you go around in a wheelchair for a few years just to stand up and run out of nowhere. You know? <laughs> it's, uh, it's like, damn, that's strategy, man. That's commitment. <laughs> yeah, I remember, uh, you know, reading Reddit, and people theorizing their relationship and whether or not it was like explicit. We're going to be, Oh, remember it's explicit. Yeah. I thought it was pretty explicit. Uh, <laughs> or like clearly defined. I mean, if mm-hmm. they're both in a hotel room in their, you know, shower, shower gear makes me feel like, I feel like you're only wearing that if you were just fucking. I feel like you're. <laughs> I feel like you're very Western in this episode. 
<laughs> I think uh, I think it's pretty normal for um, guys to shower or bat- bathe together. I don't think it's that weird mm. that they would be well, yeah, okay. bathing together. But there's, there's some truth to that. My head cannon is they fucking real hard. <laughs> they love each other, and that's why Maki's there protecting Chisato. Yeah, that that was my assumption from start to finish as well. Do I think that really is what they were trying to tell trying to tell us in the story? No, absolutely not. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, no. Mm. <laughs> but uh, you know, I like to theorize. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was cleared because yeah, because of the hotel scene, Mika crying over Mister Yoshi, and. The uh, the characters tracking Mika into that secret bar and then all talking about how he's going on a date. And mm-hmm. I, I thought all of these things created the assumption that, oh, yeah, you know, they're, they, uh, uh, I mean, I would argue that their relationship is not quite this, like, dating kind of relationship. But I mean, they're definitely hooking up and having feelings for each other. So let's talk about the gunplay, the gung fu. What do y'all think about that? Did you, did you like? I love the gung fu. Did you Loved like it. the uh, the idea of um, you know uh, Takano using Chisato uh, using blank bullets as a form of pacifism? Like, mm-hmm. did you like that that element? Yeah. Hmm. I um. I especially loved um, Takina's reactions to that because it kind of like makes Chisato seem like that much different of a person than what DA has brought up um, with all the other girls. Takina's like, how can you possibly like care about these people? And um, it's out of empathy that she does that, which I thought was really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought the gun, the action sequences, action choreography, all that stuff was tremendous. It was just eye candy from start to finish. And I, uh, yeah, I agree with your analysis, Amelia, that it's uh, a great uh, showing, not telling, to have mm-hmm. Chisato, yeah, with the uh, non-lethal bullets. The- I think it makes it, like, that much more clear when Takina, like, really just cannot grasp why it takes her like an, an entire episode to be like oh okay maybe i get it a little bit yeah mm. the the angle of this that i thought was was the most interesting was mr yoshi's insistence that chisada needed to be killing people and needed to stop using the uh the non-lethal bullets and I I just fundamentally disagree with the idea that um, people are obligated to utilize their talents, regardless of what their talent is, that talent is this God-given thing that is, you know, like a a thing of destiny. Uh, And I I do think that's, that's kind of an interesting thematic discussion that licorice recoil does, does relatively, I mean, it does fine with it. Um, but yeah, to me, it's it's not as shades of gray as uh, Licorice Recoil argues. You know, I, I, it is my personally, I think, yeah, people should have all the agency and freedom that they can muster. That uh, 
just because you're really good at something doesn't mean you you know, are are obliged to do that regardless of you know your life circumstances or your own desires you know mm. so and I, I i don't think i mean if you want to break it down farther i would argue that chisato's you know god-given ability is not to kill people but to be good at guns and you can be good at guns without killing people so i don't I mean, really, and really, like, to be good at guns, I mean, actually, it's her, like, ridiculous reaction time and ability to um, understand physics and read people's body language. You know, that's why she always wins at rock, paper, scissors, too, because she can apparently read the muscular movements of your hands fast enough that she can react um, with her amazing reaction time to get the right outcome to beat you every time Mm. um so these are all things that are like separate from killing people so i I don't um yeah i don't i don't agree with mr yoshi on this but you know he gave her the heart and that's what he wants her to do so that's what she's got to do yeah. Mm. Yeah, that science fiction element, like if you can call it that, was kind of like the part that made Chisato sort of value life more, perhaps. Like she knew that she was running on a on a clock, right? The time was mm-hmm. taking out, was clocking out, and uh so what was the last, yeah, what was her last goal in life <laughs> ultimately to be friends, you know, is that mm, be friends with Akina, Takina, uh, to leave a mm-hmm. lasting impression in, in like a legacy, you know? Mm. Yeah. You know, Chisato would say that, you know, she is here to help people and she, yeah, Takina, probably her greatest achievement in helping people by being this transformative character in, in this woman's life. And mind you, they're still uh, 17 and 16. So there's still a lot of growth to be had. Do Licorice's re- graduate? Do they graduate? Yeah, well, I don't know if they graduate per se, but they say they, they don't keep being Licorice after 18. 18, that's right. So she thought it was almost done anyway. Yeah. Hmm. What did we think of the hackers? Gets. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. No, I thought it was cool. I. Like, if you're going to have a thriller, you might as well have some sort of tie-in with um, sort of modern tech, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, like, not quite... You know, it's like, it's like I was saying, science fiction element. It's not, like, futuristic in necessarily, but you had drones, you had um, sort of this metaverse-style yeah, place where you... tech mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like the drones. I like that they that they were watching everybody from drones because I feel like that's what our world will turn into. 
Mm-hmm. But um, I didn't really I, uh, the character, like the hacker character, I did not like. Yeah, really super. An- I thought he was super annoying. Hmm. Um, but I loved Karumi. I like that she like just is like someone that just does what she does. Like she's just like a hacker. It doesn't matter who she's doing it for. She'll turn the tides if she needs to, to like have a place to live or whatever. Um, and then she like worms her way into everybody's heart and stays at the cafe. And I just love that. (laughs) Talking about Walnut. Yeah. Hmm. Walnut? What was that? And Walnut was her hacker name. Mm-hmm. Oh. I love that she killed herself so that nobody would know that she was still alive. <laughs> yeah, that was a good strategy. That was a really cool scene. <laughs> hmm. And that scene probably was also the scene where uh, I feel like Takina like, realized like the scope of like what she does and what they do as licorice on a daily basis. Um, she seemed a little ruffled after that, after that moment. Hmm. Hmm. I like, but this is why this show parallels with gunslinger girl, because in gunslinger girl, that's, it's a, um, uh, orphan girls that get cybernetic parts that uh, that have handlers that they assassinate people. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, and, and I guess that's yeah. The closest parallel is that this show, particularly Gunslinger Girls, and mm-hmm. yeah, I think. But I think the biggest difference is the tone, the tonality of the show, mm-hmm. and just the fact. Well, I guess you could argue like there's Moe characters in Gunslinger Girls. Mm-hmm. But they're not necessarily doing anything cute. <laughs> they're just yeah. kind of existing and robotic. Uh, mm-hmm. They don't have agency necessarily that I remember. Yeah. Um, like they play instruments, which is kind of cool. Uh, but it's kind of neat that they like, okay, so they carry their instruments around and then conceal their weapons in those cases. Uh, very much like the backpacks in mm-hmm. Licorice Recoil. Uh, kite kites the same way. She carries around. Uh, Yawa Sawa carries around a briefcase, and it, like gun just pops out the side. Yep. Oh, mm-hmm. the brief. That briefcase is iconic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think like you were definitely right in tone. Like Gunslinger Girl takes a way more serious tone yeah. to plot uh, and story, where Licorice Recoil is kind of like a fun like slice of life, happy go lucky kind of situation. Mm-hmm. It makes this type of show digestible for a larger audience. I, mm-hmm. I fear that maybe for good, that there might be like a cute girl shooting cute things kind of genre or like, mm. <laughs> like we'll be clones of this, of this show. Cute girls yeah. shooting cute things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a hunting anime. <laughs> <laughs> but I imagine there's, there's so much they could do with this if they wanted to make a second season or a movie, if they wanted to. But yeah, like what else? I guess if the organization still exists, DA still exists, um, 
Yeah, why not? Yeah, have them fight with the boys. No. Girls versus boys. Yeah. Swimsuit edition. Also, I thought it was kind of interesting that Majima... I, I Maybe this is not accurate, but at the end, I felt like he his character design was kind of reminiscent of the main bad guy in Demon Slayer. Did you guys get that sense too? Or is that just me? Oh, the, um, the, like, uh, the brother with the, with the arms from the newest season. And Demon Slayer. No, I'm talking about the, the big, the big honcho, the boss of the demons, Demon Slayer. A guy that looks like Michael Jackson. Muzan? I I thought, you thought yeah. Majima looks like Muzan. Because of the hat. Because of the hat. Mm. Maybe I'm wrong. He, That's fair. I, I might be wrong. <laughs> he had green hair. Yeah, but the hat. That was like ruffly was like, the the, like the brother. It was the hat. I'm wrong. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, the twins and yeah, I think the, the brother, the twins. Yeah. I could see that, but not so much... That's okay. I'm I'm wrong. That's all right. Muzan is like Muzan has like presence. He looks like Michael Jackson. Majima kind of like, looked like Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah, but he had like pre. But like Muzan has a presence. Like fucking nobody want to be around that person when he's on screen. Or like Majima, I feel like everyone's like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I would hang out with Majima. Silence. Eh, I, don't, I don't think I would. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so what else do we want to bring up in this show? I feel like there's a lot. There's not a lot to talk about, but there is. It's all in like the nuances and like their character actions throughout, mm-hmm. you know, throughout the, the show. Um, so I guess we could wrap it up. Any final thoughts on this show specifically? It was fun. I'm I'm glad you guys brought it to my attention and I was and I watched it. It was a, it was an enjoyable experience. I fear for our seasonal episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because this is one of the shows this season that was exceptional. Like, oh, it's an original. Like, there's no manga the show is going yeah. off of. Yeah. Like, and it was the pacing, the story all the way through was top notch. Like, I don't know. That's true. It, it did not suffer from any pacing issues. Mm-hmm. The animation didn't suffer. It was this consistent. Is true too. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's a good show. (laughs) (laughs) Is it a great show? No. (laughs) I I feel like if you wanted the great version of this, you should watch season one of Psychopaths. (laughs) Hmm. Although, it's not a... uh, Psychopaths ain't a girls with guns show, I guess. Mm Mm-mm. Where does this fall in the guns with girls hierarchy? Is this like the best of the subgenre? 
No, but I do feel like this is where, like, this is a stepping off point for the subgenre. Like, if a Leakerous Recoil takes off, like, there and sets an example, like, going forward, like, this is really accessible. It's cute girls, you know, Mm. like, it's not as super dark in tone, but there are still parts that are bloody and gory um, and kind of fulfill that um, that more darker side of being a literal assassin. (laughs) Um, so I think like moving forward, yeah, like the shows could like set a tone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think Ellie's if- the best. Gunsmith Cats is like it's like up there. Um Kite is like up there. Like <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't think this was uh the best of anything, but certainly if you're a fan of girls with guns, this is a must see for sure. And even if you're not a girls with guns fan per se, it's still worth watching because it is uh, plenty entertaining and fun. Yeah. I think uh, the action genre in general is coming back. It hasn't been this strong in for a long time. Like, you know, we're talking about black lagoon Mm-hmm. And Bebop and like the late nineties, early two thousands. Those shows really were peak then, the action thrillers. Um and now I think yeah, I think it's a comeback. Would you agree? Hope so. Mm. Yeah. I mean like I love Slice of Life, but like let's let's spice it up a little bit here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, when uh, when Vinland Saga season two comes out, that's when I'm getting all seasonal up in this shit. Oh my god! Mm. I did watch the uh, the Northman the other night. Yeah, so is that just a ripoff of Vinland Saga? Well, well, I I think it might be the other way around, um, and only because the Northman is based off of both. Hamlet and Hamlet. So like Hamlet's more of a traditional Norse uh, story. It's based off another another um story that I can't remember what it's called. So I think it's it's not so much I think I think Vinland Saga is sort of paying homage to those stories as well. You know what I mean? It's all mm-hmm. about revenge, like the story of revenge ultimately. Mm-hmm. But I think they're more of a companion piece. Like a mm. let's get excited for Vinland Saga <laughs> two, season two. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> it's also like bloody. It's so bloody and gory. Mm. Mm. I love it. Yeah. You know, I got yelled at in elementary school because we were learning about the Civil War, and I was super excited. And I was excited. I was like, yeah, mm. we're learning about the Civil War. Yeah. The teacher was like, Amelia, go to the principal. Damn. Absolutely really? not. Yeah. Wow. wow. I wanted to know about the blood and the guts and the gore. She didn't like that. Yeah, she she was knocking you down for having a healthy interest in history. Right. Yeah. That's why I don't like history. <laughs> why I don't read books. <laughs> Because of her, you blame it yeah. all on her. 
<laughs> Find her and email her and t- tell her this. <laughs> All right. Well, that was our episode of Girls with Guns featuring Licorice Recoil. Yeah, try not to get murked in the streets the next time you see a high schooler out and about. Oh my god. These are like drug lords. (laughs) Yeah. Drug traffickers. I'm sure the guy was a um, sex trafficker. Okay? I'm sure of it. I'm like, I'm gonna hack into DA. I'm gonna get the file. I'm gonna bring the file to you. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you guys for listening to this episode. You can catch us on our website, otakuhostclub.com, um, where you can find past episodes as well as uh, future episodes like our Chainsaw Man special event series. Um, if you would like to get those episodes early, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash otakuhostclub. And uh, for updates on that and all of the talkings of things in between episodes you can catch us on our discord server we also have an instagram and a twitter and links for everything are in the description down below or wherever you're listening this on so um if you would like to join the patreon you could be like these people francis francis m johnny c and alex f Thank you guys so much. Sorry, I had to. They're, they're programmed into the my Alex. brain, but they're very deep back there. The Alexes. <laughs> oh. Wait, there was one more thing about Lucas Recoil. I just, oh my I gosh, just you do this every time, every single time. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, do it. When the when they were trying, if to, it's about it being stupid, I'm gonna cut you off. It is. Oh my god, go. The uh, when they try to play off the the exposure of the licorice as a promotional event for the tower. And that was cool as fuck. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's about? not that's not a bad strategy. But what really stuck with me was the random uh yeah, random NPC or whatever, random um environmental character that was watching this on the big TV screen and was just like, huh, that seemed so realistic. But yeah, I guess that makes sense. And I'm like, that's how yeah, dumb as sure fuck the crowd people, is. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, apparently it's like that's- I'm sure there are people that buy it, but there are going to be people that don't buy that shit. You know. Well, yeah, that's when you got uh, conspiracy theorists and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I. Uh, that wasn't a stupid moment daniel that was a very nice moment i love that moment it was so good i was like oh the fuck yeah and then he's like (laughs) it's like top five moments of licorice (laughs) recoil a random guy being like oh i guess that makes sense yeah it just seemed really realistic to me but i believe that what's so funny is like the show didn't set itself up to be completely logistical in that way it's like oh look at this utopic society look at these cute girls that uh they make crime stop before it even happens like none of that shit is logical like Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah that was dan's final thought (laughs) <laughs> licorice recall we'll leave it we'll leave it at that we'll see you in the next episode all right <laughs> goodbye bye see you later.